Welcome to Alphabet Fly, Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the Fishline Book of Marvel Universe with the guests and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is G.S.C. Cooper, and with me today is someone who gets on, sets on fire when their skin has a bunch of auction around it. Rob. Uh, hello. I'm hot, hot, hot. So today we're talking about the Human Torch, but not that Human Torch, the first one, the Android. Um, I would show you a picture, but it's it's just an outline of a dude with some fire around uh, it. I mean, you can always tell whether it's the the Johnny Storm Human Torch or the Android Human Torch, uh, because the the Android typically is not depicted with a visible face while he's flamed on. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a default model, and then. I'm not saying that it doesn't look good. It's a very elegant design. It's just a uh, and and, you know. and of note, he is Mar- he's the first Marvel hero. Yes, in fact, he showed up in Marvel Comics issue number one, and he was the first uh, story in that. Yes, the, um, uh, the second story. Well, actually, I guess sorry, the third second, story is Namor. Yes, which Namor did technically appear in something before uh, this motion picture funnies, which is it's sort of complicated how that came out. So we'll just call yeah. the Human Torch the first Marvel hero. Yeah, we'll just do that. But um, but yeah, then that came out all the way uh, over in October 1939. Uh, likely before which, anybody listening to this was born. Yes, and I'm really, I'm, I mean, I know we have to wait 19 years, but like, well, no, not 19 years. It's 18 years now, but I'm looking forward to Marvel, uh... Marvel, 100 Years of Marvel. Oh, yeah. You know? like I, I hope they go back to, like, original original designs for, like, logos and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Because I just want that old X-Men one, like the mm. first X-Men one from the 60s, where it had, like, the jagged X. The and, strangest like, teens of all. Yeah, that'd be cool. But, but yeah, so let's talk about the first Marvel hero. That's right. I mean, uh, I, which, I, did he have an entry in the first uh, Marvel handbook? He must have. I guess in the Book of the mm. Dead. Because at it the time went, he was I think dead. It was Book of the Dead. Yeah, it was Book of the Dead. Yeah, but uh, as of this entry, he is now alive. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, brought back by a person who I am skeeved out by. Um, Johnny but... Redbeard himself, John Byrne, <laughs> fellow yeah. Canadian. I'm still. I know this is contentious. I still don't like. Everyone's just like, oh, John Byrne, like a uh, return to form for Fantastic Four. I'm just like, no. I mean, I, I I think the opinion of Byrne in general is problematic. I mean, I'd certainly, you know, I have a certain appreciation for his work while realizing that, uh, you know, there are deeply problematic elements of it, and also deeply problematic elements of his personal conduct. I also do like his ver- his his pettiness towards Claremont, though. I oh, do very man. much like it. I, ooh, it's real good. I'm not sure there's any other comics creator whose vindictiveness towards fellow comics creators has formed such a large part of his work. Like, like you see like it John, in other comics artists, but not as much. Like, John Byrne literally put the Inhumans on the Blu-ray of the Moon just so they couldn't use it for X-Men stuff. And uh, then he, he took over uh, uh, Starbrand, which was like the flagship title of the New Universe, solely so he could blow up Pittsburgh because that's where Jim Shooter lived. I don't know. See, you know, if he was if he was just a regular asshole, I'd be okay with it. But he's like a, mm, a turbo no. asshole. 
Yeah, you know, just a regular. I don't know. I like a petty person, but you know, yeah. I, I like closer to like a Steve Gerber. Not not Steve Gerber. Uh, well, Steve um, Gerber works. I mean, there, there's Ger- definitely yeah, some, a little, little score settling in Gerber's work, or maybe like yeah, a t- like Steve a Tom Gerber. DeFalco. Tom, De- yeah, who once took a page yeah, see, out of an I- issue of Fantastic Four to to uh, talk about how crummy he thought the uh, Fantastic Four cartoon of the '90s was. <laughs> yeah, so you know, there's some uh, there's some fun, there's some other fun. Uh, comic creators i just whatever i'm just gonna i'm just gonna get to this Sorry. yeah the human I, torch every time we talk about john Byrne, the human torch human who torch. is not a human but is a torch yes uh so occupation is adventurer oh you know hard to get work if you're a you know 80 year old robot yeah uh public the general public is unaware of the human torch also use the identity of jim hammond who you will generally see him be used as now he's normally called jim hammond yeah um uh, he was created in Brooklyn, New York. He is single, if that's applicable. I would imagine he could marry if the Vision can marry. I would say so. Yeah, I mean he's. Uh, I mean he's he's got he's. I would say more so than the Vision because he's got like a civilian identity. Yeah. So he can go just go down and get a license as Jim Hammond as opposed to getting one as the Vision. Well, I would argue that he probably shouldn't shouldn't need a like a license. He can just fly. But you know that's. I guess that's antithetical to having a secret identity. Yes. Um, but he, he known relatives, none if applicable. I'm gonna take issue with that. It's a complicated. <laughs> I'm gonna take issues with that. I mean, He's like the yeah, uncle. I mean, typically in uh, handbook pros, we refer to a robot's creator as their at least create in under relatives. So his, you know, obviously be Phineas Horton. Yeah, Phineas T. Horton. And I, you would argue that parts of him were used to make the vision. Well, the vision is means- based on a temporal duplicate of him. <sighs> okay. I feel like if you could say that Rachel Summers is related to Scott Summers, another dimensional Scott Summers, you could say that vision is related to the human torch. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of brothers, sort of. Yeah, and which fa- means well, he's fact- related to... Speaking of Byrne, the plan was, uh, at least when uh, Roy Thomas was uh, had created the Vision, he revealed that basically the the Vision was just made out of the Human Torch. Like, they were more, they were kind of, sort of the same guy. But then Byrne brought the Human Torch back in West Coast Avengers and had a scene where they shook hands. And I'm yes. not sure if that's because he was a big fan of the original Human Torch, or if he just wanted to stick it to Roy Thomas, which is also entirely possible. Yeah, and it's the white vision, which people might, people who weren't aware of West Coast Avengers might also uh, recognize. Yeah, unfortunately, I forgot to check uh, to see if he was also not wearing shoes, because that was also a thing with the vision back then. Not wearing shoes. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so we, I'm going to take issue with the, with the known relatives, because he should be at least distantly related to Wonder Man and also. Oh, so so many weird Wild relatives ducks. that he's since accumulated. <laughs> yeah, he's related to yeah. Ultron. He's related to the uh, to the Scarlet Witch. He's related to uh, the Grim Reaper. Yeah, who's okay? We can't get into that one. Oh, I no. just, but yeah. So that he's a former madness. partner. Of, yeah. So he's a former partner to Turo, who is a mutant who happened to also be a fiery person. Except now he's um, an Inhuman. Yeah, I forget about that. I forgot. Yeah, I think a that. lot of people forgot about that. Yeah, it's we're not talking about the Inhumans so much anymore. Yeah, it's we they've Marvel owns Fox now. Yeah. Um. So 
We he's also a former member of the Invaders and the All Winners Squad and current member of the West Coast Avengers. Um he first as I said first showed up in Marvel Comics issue number 1 and it's a pr- I think it's not I mean it's an iconic cover for me. Yes. And probably you. I don't know if it's an iconic cover for everyone. No, I mean um, it's not one that people know so much but yeah, it's it's a, it's a very distinctive cover even though uh the human torch normally doesn't have like a weird devil face. Yeah, it has like a weird like looks very devilish. It's basically a vault that's being with a hole being melted through it by yeah. the human torch going through it. The person's trying to shoot him and you could see the bullet melting yeah. immediately. Um and this comic has been literally like redone like I think four or five times oh, already. Yeah. Um it's it's something that they they even did it in the uh Marvel Comics 1000. Oh yes, which and they did recently. It really interweaves with the stories of that where it reveals the uh that uh, a trio of prominent Marvel villains were present for the creation of the Human Torch. And <clears throat> and I don't know if they have it in this book, but they reinforce that the Marvel uh, that uh, that in Marvel Comics Hitler was roasted alive by Jim Hammond and Toro. That is correct. Um, in his bunker. Um, unfortunately, it didn't stick well because he had a bunch of clone bodies and but, blah, but, but blah, the, the OG but, Hitler, he 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 killed the yeah. original Hitler. Yeah, so which is another reason to like him. Yeah. Um, you know, if you like anti-fash uh, heroes, I feel like Human Torch is, you know, at least deserves like a big old gold medal mm-hmm. for it. Um, but yeah, let's get through this a little bit. So, <clears throat> the original Human Torch began his existence in 1939 in the laboratory of. Professor Phineas T. Horton, one of the pioneers of the field of artificial intelligence and robotics. Uh, basically, he made this android who mimicked virtually all functions of a human being, including independent thought, but, in, but it was made completely of synthetic material. Unfortunately, Rob, and this is a real big mistake uh, to have, uh, his the design with the photoelectric solar cells that covered him just, just kind of set on fire whenever it got, you know. It's the craziest thing, you know. I've built, uh, you know, a totally lifelike uh, robot that can like think and uh, and walk and talk and uh, you know all sorts of stuff. But also, he just randomly bursts into flame uh, when he's exposed to oxygen. I know it's crazy. So, okay, I have a question, real quick. So, let's say you have a single unit of one of those. Uh-huh. You know, the really volatile sets on fire in oxygen. Uh, fo- like you know cells when did you know that in the beginning when you're putting them on maybe one like, individually doesn't have enough energy to burst into flame but you put a whole bunch of them together and they ignite well but yeah so basically revealed the human torch's existence to the public which demonstrated how like the torch would catch on fire when you introduce a little bit of oxygen the news media proclaimed that the torch was like a potential menace so horton basically buried the the android in an air in a in supposedly also an airtight tube with cement, uh, so he can find a way to like you know stop it from bursting in on fire. Uh, but there was a like a small leak in the tube, and then he ignited the flame ignited explosively. So basically, he made a bomb um, with a person in it. Uh, and uh, sorry, I'm wreaking havoc in like innocent exploration. Um, he was dubbed the Human Torch. And then he soon realized that he was causing all of the the, the burning of, of the town down and was unable to control it. And he basically, you know, just took a swim in a pool, which I don't think works nowadays with either Human Torch. 
when they have fire. Does it? Because uh, I know I know Johnny Storm was able to be uh, taken down by Plant Man with like morning dew. Yes, um, I mean I, but it it varies. I mean you know he, he can certainly he's certainly been doused in the past, but like Hydro Man. Yeah, I just I just feel like a swimming pool wouldn't would, wouldn't be enough pressure. I feel like pressure has to be involved. Maybe if he like went down to the bottom. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, so he he gained control over his flame after a little bit and became a crime fighter. He allied himself with a young mem- uh, young mutant or inhuman called Turo, who also had very similar powers. And uh, he faced, you know, the Submariner, which was also, I think personally, is an iconic story. Probably to me and you, but not to the general public that don't read comics. No, well, he hasn't really had a lot of outside media exposure. You know, he's been on a couple of comic books, or a couple of uh, cartoon shows, but he hasn't yeah. been in a movie or a TV show to really endear him to the general public. But, like, you could consider, you could consider, like, the first Marvel crossover event was the Submariner and the Human Torch fighting. Yes. Um, and it is, it was a very big deal at the time, and I think it's a big deal now, because it's, mm. you know, it's... I, I, cause like, I think it is a, I think it adds a lot, a lot of flavor to, to Namor. How, like, all the way back in the 60s, I mean, not 60s, uh, 40s, he was like, you know, fighting heroes and, but also sometimes saving the earth because he realizes the earth contains all the water that he rules. Yes. Which is a very common, uh, thing you could say to Namor. Hey, you know how the aliens are trying to steal all the water? That you said was okay because it, it would own the humans. Um, that water is what you live in, and then he's like, "Oh no!" And then he beats up the aliens. Then you know he saves the earth. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So, um, but yeah, he became an ally to the Submariner later uh, when they were members of the Invaders during World War II and the All Winter Squad during the post-war er- uh, years, uh, which we talked about somewhat a lot lately for some reason Pro- actually because probably because the human torch came back <laughs> um but uh but yeah it's it's weird that there was like two identical powered people on the invader squad well i mean that's kind of how you went with your sidekicks back your sidekick was like your he had he had the same deal that you did so captain america was a guy and he had bucky who was also also kind of a guy but a boy it was later retconned to be a, a, a teen assassin. Yes. <laughs> Which I still I love. I love it so much. That's a real good run of Captain America, the Ed Brubaker run with the Winter Soldier story. Um, so in 1949, American criminals seeking to destroy the torch uh, obtained a chemical known as Solution XR from, in, from uh, Soviet intelligence. Run criminals sprayed the solution all over the torch and Toro, dousing their flames and paralyzing them. The criminals then buried the human torch beneath the Nevada desert. However, the criminals accidentally chosen to bury him beneath an atomic testing site. Uh, bad move. Um, we all know what atomic testing sites do to superheroes. Uh, in December 1953, the blast of an atomic bomb dropped on the site, freeing the torch. And the radiation activated his flame. The torch resumed his crime-fighting career and his partnership with Toro. Mm. Uh, in 1955, he sensed that the radiation from the bomb caused him to lose control of his flame. 
where he would eventually, quote-unquote, die from uh, burning himself out. After bidding farewell to Toro, he flew into the desert in the western United States, where he tried to destroy himself by overloading his solar cells in a single burst of maximum output flame, and then he succeeded in burning himself out and plunged to the earth to lie dead, basically. Um, <clears throat> just joking, uh, his body was finally recovered uh, later, and by the criminal genius known as a mad thinker, uh, one of the world's leading experts in robotics and androids, uh, creator of uh, Quasimoto, the pers- the sentient computer he made specifically to push a button. That's right. Also, awesome Andy, who is you know fun yes. and awesome. Um, he he realized that the implication. Sorry, but, 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 wait. He partially restored the androids' memories, but coerced the torch into battling the thinker's enemies, the Fantastic Four. He wanted, on realizing uh, the implication with the thinker wanted, the torch sacrificed his artificial life to save the Fantastic Four from a sneak attack by the thinker's computer Quasimoto. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the thinker fled, and the Fantastic Four left the torch's body in the thinker's laboratory in Nevada. So, I feel like that's a bad idea. Yeah. Of course, but the, the thing that this really, uh, uh, this this whole history really omits the one thing that I would be sure to point out, and that's the fact that the Human Torch has uh, has blood, and that yes. uh, you can use that blood, transfuse into people, and it gives them super speed power. Yes. And that was Spitfire. That's right. Yep. Which you would, you know. Yeah. It's very but silly. The, uh, you know, if you ever want, if you ever want super speed, uh, you get pow- you get the blood from a android that can catch on fire. Or mongoose blood. Am I missing anything? I guess you can also have lightning strike a bunch of all the chemicals in the world and you can breathe in the vapor. Yes. Um, you know, one of those things. Sure. Uh, so then the mysterious Time Master Mortis later conceived, well, convinced the synthetoid known as the Vision, the robot that Ultron forced uh, Professor Hammond to turn into original human torch, turned the original human torch into the body of Vision. Um, however, Mortis was not letting the Vision, was not telling Vision the truth. He created huge spare parts from uh, the torch that Horton made. The Vision had, does not have the torch's body. The original Human Torch and the Vision are two separate beings. Um, recently, the original Human Torch returned in, uh, to activity as a member of the Avengers, primarily out of the compound on the West Coast, uh, or the West Coast Avengers. Yes. So, yeah, he's, he's alive at this point. I think he's been consistently alive. He's been consistently alive. In fact, the, shortly after this, he gave a second blood transfusion to uh, Spitfire, who is by this point an old lady, and uh, not only did it fully restore her uh, her speed powers, it also made her 16 years. Because John yeah. Byrne, everybody! Yep, 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 yep. Yep, 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 yep. Um, also, um, there is he, apparently, well, he was on the new, he was on the new Invaders. Yes. Um, that came out a couple of years ago. And he was ago. on the Secret Avengers. He was on the Secret Avengers. Yeah. And I don't believe he's currently appearing in it. No. No. I think last time he was working for last time I saw him he was working for Shield. Yeah, I think so. He was he's been in a couple Invader series. He's in that uh Chip Zdarsky Invader series which is pretty good. I recommend checking that one out. Yeah. I I would 
I would argue check out most of Chip, uh, Chip Zdarsky's stuff. This is true. Just He's good. Of it. It's it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much all we can say about him. Okay, he's, you know he's a yeah his, his he's powers. He can t- he can turn on he can catch on fire and do you know all sorts of fire stuff. Yeah, I mean he can fly. He can be real hot. Um, it does he doesn't do well deep underwater. You know. Yep. So yeah, what do you have to plug? All right, so I am on an I'm on a Transformers podcast, uh, Stasis Pod. We, uh, we are going episode by episode through a bunch of Transformer shows. We're currently going through 2015's Robots in Disguise. And I'm also a, uh, on the Marvel, the official Marvel research team. And we have a handbook that is in stores now as you listen to this. That is the King in Black handbook, which uh, profiles all the scintillating symbiotes involved in the King in Black crossover. Read it and yeah. find out how Venom poops. Yeah, it's gross. Yes, it is. Um, so, uh, my name is Jesse. I have another podcast called Into the Rewatch, where currently we are uh, watching uh, all of Riverdale episode by episode. Um, if you'd you know like to support me monetarily, you can go to patreon.com slash alphabetflight. If you would like to, I don't know, tell me that uh, tell me that I'm doing good, you can go to my uh, Twitter and Instagram, which is at alphabetflight. Um, where you can also share and stuff, and uh, you can also rate and review and subscribe on your podcatchers. Uh, this has been Alphabet Flight, and may Conchie protect you through all of your night travels. Good night. Good night. Good night.